0: What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Fab Freddy Fox, America's big brother, and we back with the Saturday Night Sit Down. what's going on everybody it's your boy fab freddy fox america's big brother and we back with saturday night sit down and tonight we got the host of dad is not a noun Ismail street what's going on my man i'm
1: there brother i'm head nodding. man i'm loving it man seriously this kind of has that boom bat vibe to it from the 90s man i'm feeling it brother
0: yeah you know my um a good friend of mine's been i've known him since like the fourth or fifth grade uh renee figueroa um, You know, I told him I wanted something that that's going to really be catchy and, you know, get the people moving. And he just, first first try, man, he hit it right out of the park with that one. So I'm, I'm super happy with, with, with my intro on that one, man. I'm loving it, man. It's, just, it's fire, man. I uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here on my show, man. I know you got your own podcast and stuff, and we'll dabble into that. Um, But, you know, the reason I do my, my, my podcast when I'm doing this and stuff is just... As I explained, you know, a lot of dads, especially in our culture, get a bad rap, you know, and we just really need to know the importance of what it is to be a good father, a good man to our children, because they really, really need us, you know, and it's so important. And moms are wonderful and they do an amazing job in their part, too, but it takes two, you know what I mean? So it's very, very important for, for dads to really be there and present with their kids' lives, because that definitely leaves a lasting impact, as we've seen um, on so many young kids still growing up in the generation, you know what I mean?
1: Definitely. I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I think that's important is like, you know, like, um, one person that always told me, I call him uncle Derek, but he's the the founder and executive, uh, director of the real dad's network, which is like the large one is the oldest black father, not perfect organizations in the country. He said that, um, basically like, um, like basketball, like free throws. Like if you have both parents in the home, you have a 80, like a 90% chance. Of making that free throw, mm. you know, you know, having one parent, the the number decrease, so it's right, important right. to have both parents if they're not together, but at least still having both parents in there in a the child's life.
0: No, absolutely, man. So, um, again, thank you for taking the time, and let's get into it. So, I got to ask everybody, my very first question to you: If you think about it, what do you think are some of the main characteristics or qualities that make up a good man or a good person?
1: Um, I think one is to listen, to be humble to you know not have that all the answers be willing to say i don't know because often as men we 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 put out we put this face mat this um uh fake mask on that we know everything right and right. then when reality hits and we don't know the answer now we're like cell shock what we're what, what what we're gonna do in that circumstance so again it goes back to be humbling uh if you don't have the answers, just be honest and open that you don't have the answers so i think those are the qualities that make up a good man
0: yeah no I, th- I think it's it's key just to say that too, to admit your mistakes and not wrong because a lot of times i think kids um we look up to our parents right we put them on this pedestal and everything is, is their law to a certain extent a lot of parents kind of use that in advantage too you know what i mean whatever i say it goes you know um but sometimes again, parents are just learning how to raise kids. You know, there's no book, there's no plan And again, every child is different. So um, it, it takes a lot to try to learn, but I think it's also important as being honest and real with them and let them know you don't know, because then, you know, you, you put all this trust in your parent, right. And then yeah. you, they unintentionally tell you a lie or something that may not be true. And you, you know, quickly start questioning, start looking elsewhere for, 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 Answers, um, and that could be very, very dangerous. You start believing the wrong people, so I think that's very, very key as a, as a parent too. Because I, I I make a point with my daughter because I know what it's like, you know, um, to have that right and make mistakes and know how important it is. So if I do something wrong or I make a mistake or make an error, I let them know, hey, you know what, Daddy was just trying to do this and I didn't make the right choice. It was just, I'm sorry, I made my mistake and apologizing too. I think it's key to that you let know, them know that you could apologize because then it really helped to grow that relationship with them. Um, so I think it's a very good point that you hit on there. Uh, and along with having great qualities, right, I think it's important to have exceptional morals or things that you stand behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for you, what are some of your key morals that you live with, live uh, by on a day-to-day basis?
1: Um, I think the one thing is to, to be honest, to be transparent. You know, I'm I'm going to be open and honest with you on this platform. I know growing up, I used to lie a lot growing up. I used to lie about the little things, like the smallest things growing up. Like mm-hmm. my, mom, my mom used to, like, I would break something and I would say, oh, no, it wasn't me. It was my brother, you know. And so it's about being honest, being transparent and just 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 being honest with people. Like, for example, like if someone asks me, can you do something ish? I'm going to be honest if I'm not in the in the right mindset or if I can't do it, I'm going to be open and honest. And say, you know what? I can't do it.
0: Okay.
1: I, I can't do it. Because often as black men, we 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 take on this bravado like we can do it knowing that we can't do it,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and we make the situation 10 times worse. So learning to say no, I've learned that in my vocabulary. It was hard for me for Mm -hmm. a long time just to say no, especially like family and and friends that I really care about, to just tell them, no, I I just can't do it. It's like, I I can't do it. I, I, You know, knowing like past relationship with people that I can't do it. And this is the reason why I can't do it. Or I'm not, I can't, I just don't have the energy to do it. So also just saying, no, I think is the the big thing for me.
0: No, I totally agree with you. It's so important to know your own boundaries and your limitations, because then at the end of the day, then two people are suffering. The person who you made a commitment to, and you're not coming through and also yourself because you start beating yourself up about it. And that's just the worst when you really start to, to tear yourself down, um, I've always heard this quote, right? And it says, you know, never, never speak bad about yourself because the warrior inside hears this and it's weakened by them. So you constantly are just defeating yourself. And the worst part about it is that no one is, you're your own worst enemy, right? Because you know, all your flaws, you know, all your weak points and you know how to manipulate them to really make you feel pain and hurt. Um, And that is so damaging. So understanding when to say no, understanding your limitations is very key because it's it's good for your sanity and also for the other person. And they know that they can find help where they need to or move on and and everything is good, you know.
1: Um, Yeah, definitely. And I agree with that. And I think as black men, it's just being open with our vulnerability. That's one thing that we've never learned as men growing up, I've never learned that from my, 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 my stepdad. Um, um, I've never learned that from my uncles. Um, these are things that I'm learning now in my 40s that it's okay to be a vulnerable. It's, it's okay to say, you know what? I, I, this is what I'm frustrated about. And yeah. I'm going to let you know. Just listen. Or, you know, I'm having a bad day. Or, you know, or just something. Just when you're emotionally out of it, just, just talk about it. So these are things I'm kind of, I'm learning on the fly. But at the same time, it's good because now I'm just open of how I'm feeling because, you know, growing up, I would just hide how I felt. Mm -hmm. Um, And it got to a point where um, a couple of years ago, I I almost took my life, you know, almost Mm -hmm. committed suicide because I was in a dark place uh, with myself because I just, you know, I had no hope. And again, you are your worst enemy. Like you were saying before, alluded is that I was my worst enemy because I always told myself I wasn't good enough. Um, even though even though people would tell me, "You're this amazing person. You're always yeah. helping people. You're doing this." It's like it goes through one ear and out the other. And I wasn't thinking that way. And so it was just a struggle of me just trying to figure it figuring it out. And you know, a couple of years later, I'm still figuring it out. But I'm in a better place than I was before. But at the same time, it's, it's, a, it's a long journey. It's a long process.
0: No, absolutely. And it starts with that, just, just being able to talk about friends Because that's, that's where we all suffer, right? Because especially growing up, you know, we, you know, in our timeline, you can't show emotion as a man. Yeah. You got to be strong. You know what I'm saying? You, you're feeling sad man up. You ain't no reason to be crying and all that stuff. Like you, We were never, ever allowed to feel anything or discuss our feelings with anyone at any time. And all of that builds up inside you. All the pain, all the hurt, the sorrow, the sadness, the depression, the anxiety, all those things. It, it's just like they keep saying, you know, it's like a soda bottle. Just get, keep shaking it up, shaking it up until finally it explodes. Um, because there is no, uh, you know, release to do that. And that's, that's again, one of the main reasons why I'm doing this. And also I have another show called, um, you know, Face Fears and Build Bonds with Fabs where it's really predicated to that, to being able to, Get guys together to openly talk about their feelings and emotions because since we're always forced to keep those things inside, um, like uh, Jason Wilson said, you know, in his book, uh, you know, it's, it's an emotional incarceration, you know what sure. I mean? And it's just so toxic and we start to um, lash out in the most negative and most destructive ways. Uh, because we have no positive outlet. So by getting these guys together to talk about these things and really open up about our feelings and discuss, we realize num- two things. Number one is that we're not alone. Uh, and, and two, it's it's such a therapy and a relief to let that all off your chest. You know, and, and it's not just about you know seeking for people to give you the answer to your problems, but just being able to vent and decompress and really get it out there because you're not holding it back anymore. Uh, and you, and it takes so much energy, and that's where it comes. From. It takes so much energy uh, to keep those things locked up and pushed down, that eventually it, you you crack. And I've been there too, Mish. I, I, I really, uh, I, I've attempted suicide on, on more than one occasion because of feeling all that thing, and just trying to feel so sad and empty and lonely. And, you know, plenty of people always tell me the same thing, too. You know, you're a wonderful person. You're so kind hearted. And I think because of that is that we feel so bad or negative about ourselves that we do our best to try to help everybody else other than ourselves to seek that validation. But at the end of the day, it's empty validation because we don't even believe it ourselves. Gotcha. So the world of masses, you can have a million people sitting there telling you how much of a wonderful person you are. But if you don't believe it yourself, it means nothing. Yeah you know so it's so key to, to to do those things and really uh be open up and and then see it a little bit more now like you know as i've started this journey and i don't think it's just a matter of you know what i'm putting out in the universe but gravitating to people like yourself who are have that same mindset and that mentality and seeing hey you know what this is a real thing that's out there and so many people are trying to make this public and known um you know so again you know wonderful what are you doing with your podcast and things like that and and, and how you're you're trying to again bring this to the narrative and bring this out to the to the world. Um, now, as also too, you know, key thing about my show is again the importance of dads and our role models. Now, I know you said you know you had your stepdad and everything, and I want to get to that in a second. But with sure. your biological father, um, what was your relationship with him? Did you know him at all, or how was that?
1: I had no relationship at all with my biological father. Um, the scariest thing is I wrote a poem saying um, it was what was the line if I could remember. It's called happy birthday. It was um every uh was it um every, every time on my birthday when I look in the mirror, uh, I I I I'm 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 just going blank right now, but every time basically, it basically paraphrases like every time I see every time on my birthday I look myself in the mirror, I see him I see him mm-hmm. because he's like we, like, we look like twins. That's the scary thing about my biological, mm. my, my biological father, is that we look the same. But I don't have any kind of rec- recollection of him or anything. So I never had a relationship with him. But a lot of people say I look like him. And I've seen photos uh, of him. Um, but I do remember like getting cards from him saying he was going to come to see me on my birthday mm. and never showed up. So I never had any relationship. The only relationship I actually have, I wouldn't say relationship, but the only conversation I had with them, I think it was like 15 or 16 years ago on new year's um, Eve. And my uncle calls me on new year's Eve to wish me like a happy new year's. And um, for some reason I asked him, can I see my, can I talk to my father? And my uncle paused and said, okay. And then like, a minute later, I'm on the phone with my father and we have another, like a, the conversation was like less than, I would say a minute, like, Hey, how you doing? How you being? How you, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, just to let you know, I love you. And he said he loved me. And then four or five minutes, four, or five months later, he passed away. Oh, wow. And, uh, me and my brother took a trip all the way down to, I do believe it was South Carolina for the funeral. And going to the funeral, going to the going to the wake, going to the casket. That was like one of the scariest things in my life because I'm looking at myself in the casket. Because, mm. like I was alluded to earlier, is that he looks like me. Like we like if you see like photos of us, you could you can see that you know he's my he was he's my father. But yeah, we didn't have a relationship at all.
0: And as you said, just growing up and and trying to. Um have a relationship with him or what was that like? Did you even try to reach out at your young age or was it not even? I was at a
1: young age, you know, cause you know, he like mm-hmm. was sending letters saying that he was going to come see us and it never happened, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know what was the conversation with him and my mother. I don't know how that went, but I learned like later on from my brother is that he was abusive to my mother.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He was very, he was, cause he was onto drugs and things like that. So he was very, physical with my mother so that's what my brother told me because he's mm-hmm. my old he's older than me so he saw some of that stuff he saw that growing up mm-hmm. so I'm just taking from his account what he told me and 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 so it was just yeah no relationship at all Adam at, at no connection at all
0: and how do you think is that do you think that affected you in any kind of way as you're growing up or, or did your stepfather you know fill that void
1: it, for it, you? It, it it, it in, in in a way it did because um, like you you get these cards from a man that said he promised something
0: mm-hmm. and never
1: come through and it was disheartening for me as a child that you know you get these promises that's broken
0: right right you know
1: and so it 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 hurts you as a child and then you just move on and um and then when my stepdad came into in the place he kind of was my My first superhero, he was the first person that was there, you know, even though later on I found out his relationship with my mom was kind of awkward in a way, but um, but he was there, you know, you know, we had things in common. We watched sports. um, We used to go on family trips. So he was that first male person I looked up to growing up.
0: And when did he come into your life?
1: Um, he came in my life when I was like I would say nine years old um because um back in the days my mom was heavy into like the motorcycle club and then she mm. would go to the club and that's how they met and then like he start coming over um starting to build a relationship with me and my brother and it just took off from there and he was in our life ever since like uh but it was a it was weird. Going up too because like he would be here for the weekend
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then be gone, mm. and it was kind of weird to me. It's like I, they've been together for this long. It's like why is he not here like permanently? And like it was just confusing to me as a child. It's like okay, you know, I want him here more often. Like what's going on? And you know, to find out, you know, later on that you know he 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 was married. Mm. And my mom was like, I don't like using the terminology. She was to to check on the side.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And like later
1: on in my life, that kind of messed me up a little bit. It's like, like this man that taught me everything, how to be a man, you know, and again, relationships are are complex and everything like that. But, but like learning that it's like, it's confusing. It's like, okay, you're telling me to do this and you're doing something the total opposite.
0: Right, right. It's one of those "do as I say, not as I do" type situations.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Now, um, when when you when he came into your life, do you feel that um, you gravitated towards him quicker because you wanted that male role model, or were you a little bit hesitant because of your relationship with your dad that made you kind of, I guess, not trusting to that extent?
1: No, I gravitated to him from the beginning because we had so much in common. Like he was into sports. He was a big I found out he was a fan of the Knicks because I'm a fan of the Knicks, so that was the relationship started from there and then also I found out he loves baseball because I love I love uh, watching baseball when I was growing up. you know I love the Yankees, he loved the Mets, but we we had something common
0: mm-hmm. and it just
1: that relationship blossomed because we had something in common.
0: No. Okay. Yeah, no, I definitely understand. Cause I know, see, I guess it, it, it depends on the circumstance and the reason I was asking, cause I had a couple of guys on my show, you know, who are stepfathers in their own ways as well. Um, and just seeing how that relationship with the kid is. Cause again, you know, we see it from two aspects, right? Number one, they're very hesitant or reluctant because maybe their dad was in the picture and they want their, their mom and dad to get back together. So they're very um, uh, combative, I guess, in a sense, and not welcoming to that other individual that makes it a little bit harder and strange on the relationship or in other cases too, where they long for that father figure and having somebody that comes into their life to really pick up that role and actually does that role well and suits them um, to make the relationship or, or the, you know, to connect a little bit quicker. Right. Uh, and now with the whole relationship with your mom and stuff, I guess, you know, how long Because um, well, I think you, you said he you just passed away last year, right? Again, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, you You know has he been in your life ever since like that since you were nine or has it been on and off or how did that um
1: he wasn't like like we were tight until i would say i think like in my late 30s and we had a um a falling out um and so it got to a point where i didn't want nothing to do with him you know because again i i have this 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 baggage of like you know He's my, you know, stepdad, but at the same time, it's like, you know, he's like, you know, he's telling me what to do. And I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, you, you know, you, 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 you're, you know, you, you were in a relationship with my mother and you were still in a relationship with another woman. And I'm like, like, like you need to just, you know, and it just got really heated Mm -hmm. to a point where I didn't want nothing to do with him at all. And, um, just lost communication with them. Um, didn't bother wanting to talk to him or anything like that. Um, cause I was just in that, that, that emotional black period of my life where I'm, I'm just broken
0: Absolutely. to that
1: point where I was talking to, like I was saying earlier, that to that point where I was almost to the point of taking my life. Like I was in that, 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 per- that period in time. And so I'm like, I didn't want nothing to do with him. And so, um, he would try to reach out to me. I wouldn't reach out to him. Um, he would text me. I wouldn't text him back. It, it was just, it was just really bad. And um, um, you know, I didn't, and we didn't have a relationship at all within that time period and when he passed. So I didn't have a relationship with him when he passed. It was like, mm. I found out he passed away on Facebook. That's how I found oh, out wow. he, fa- he, he passed away.
0: Yeah, so I guess you didn't make it to the funeral or any of that stuff. It was just knowing any passed, and that was it.
1: Yeah, that was that was it. Yeah.
0: Now, when you said that to us, is, is is in that moment where you're in a very dark stage and and thought about taking your life and all that? What was what was going on to your head? What was what was your, what was going on in your life at, the, at that time that made you feel that way?
1: No, it's just um, at that time I just I had no purpose. I had no vision. Uh, you know, I just it was just 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 really bad. It was just. Mm-hmm. A combination of, like, all this stuff that was building up inside of me as a um, as a child, and it just exploded. And it just, it, you know how certain certain things in your life, it builds up, it builds mm-hmm. up, and builds up, and it gets to a point where it exploded? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And that's where it was at. It was like, you're like, I'm done with this. I, I don't want to live my life anymore. I'm done. If I take my life today, people won't even care about it. And so that's where I was at. And so the different circumstances, especially dealing with my stepdad and then my current situation, where I was at at that time, it just had me to that point where I just didn't care. I didn't care. I didn't care. And then um, luckily, like, cause my, I had my mind made up, like I'm going to jump off a bridge. And mm-hmm. so I was going to go to the nearest bridge and jump off. And I'm walking and a friend of mine sees me, they say, what are you doing? And he had me go into the car. Cause if he didn't, see, if, That's if my friend didn't acknowledge me at that time, I would have done it.
0: And I, and it's true, man. It, it's so wild. how it's just the simplest thing, you know, that could really deter us, you know, from that. And just, you know, and I think, well, number one, I guess, cause I've been there too, as far as a man without a sense of purpose, is 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 nerve-wracking and will drive into insanity you know I, I i've been there where um you know just just growing up and just not knowing what i was going to do with my life or what yeah. was going on and you know no matter what you try to do or try to make a change for improvement it was like getting slapped in the face and knocked back down and stuff so you just get tired of the rejection, tired of not being able to, to find it or just always feeling like you're behind that leads to that madness. What well, one of the, um, well, a couple of times, right, but what really drove me in these last couple of years, actually, back in uh, 2016, um, I was laid off from this job where I thought I was going to have my career, you know, I was giving it my all and all stuff like that. We got bought out and they shut up, shut, shut down, and laid everybody off. Uh, and what really weighed in on me was because my daughter was just turning one, you know, and I created this family and now I have no way to support them, right. you know, and it started to really eat at me. And, you know, as I'm trying to find different jobs or different places, it just wasn't really working out. And yeah, I started again in those minds, like if I get an insurance, I'm more, more dead than I am alive. At least I'll be able to provide for them that way, while leaving them a large lump sum of money that they can get back on their feet, or something like that that I may not be able to do here. Um, and it was one of those one of those times I, I went over and um, I went. There's a bridge right around my house. I went there too, and I was sitting on the edge of the bridge, and I was getting ready to jump off into the to the uh, interstate. But you know, as I'm as I'm looking down, there was just so much traffic. You know, so it's like if I do this, it's not like I'm, not, I'm just going to get hurt really bad. It's not going to be the end of it like I want. So there's really no point you know, and, um, didn't want to have to, like, if you do it, like I want to be done with it. Cause I don't want to have to like fail at it and answer all these questions. And then, you know, even be even a failure with that. I can't even succeed in doing this. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So it was very, very traumatized. And a lot of that, because again, like I felt like I had no purpose or no thing of being, um, you know, and, and for me, my saving grace is really is this podcast, man. Right. You know, I love talking to people. I love engaging. I think it, it's, it's, Definitely what I'm supposed to be at and doing and really gives me that sense of fulfillment um, that, that, again, I'm leaving an impact and meaningful. Cause that, but my biggest fear, like I told everybody, right? my biggest fear is going through this life and not leaving an impact. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be just a blip on the radar, you know what I mean? Like, or something that just happened or occurred, yeah. you know, I wanted to have meaning, um, you know, so this is how I feel like I'm going to leave that legacy and doing that. So it's very important, again, that that a man has a sense of purpose and a sense of being and learning something and having something to strive for, because if not, then our means of existence is pointless.
1: I totally agree. And that's the reason why it kind of driven me to that is not a now was, um, you know, uh, before pandemic, I did create that as not a noun, was to be just a social media platform to just highlight uh, men of color, just showing men of color with their kids and things like that. Um, and then like COVID hits, and I'm like, um, let me tr- create a podcast. And at that time, my ex, she's my ex now, she's like, won't you just create a podcast? So I created a podcast. Um, I started on IG. And um just interviewing dads, um, sharing their stories, um, you know, um, just 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 open themselves up, uh, being vulnerable. And then, you know, after that, I'm like, well, I, I should just take this to YouTube. And like my first ever guest, like on YouTube was uh Jane Elliott. She was my very first guest on the podcast. Wow. And we talked about uh race in Current America in COVID, because at that time Trump was the president. Mm-hmm. So, and it just from there, I'm like, this, this, this is what I should do, because in the past I've had history with podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like I was normally behind the scenes. Like um, I was part of a podcast uh, a long time ago called The Love Jones Experience with Scottis Jones. You know, I was responsible of getting the guests and helping, you know, prep up the show and everything like that behind the scenes. And then there was another radio show I was a part of called the Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend radio show. And I was a hip hop bass. And again, I was behind the scenes. So I kind of knew, you know, my way around mm-hmm. of like having a conversation, um, take knowing where you can go, where the conversation could go. So I kind of was already with that. It was just me being shy, right being in the front of the camera because i was more behind the camera i'd rather like be behind the scenes and so i just said well just do it and it just it, you know the rest is history
0: now um let kind of backtrack a little bit too i know sure. you're sitting there with your with your stepdad and stuff because sure. um you know you said you, you guys you taught you a lot of things it was you know telling you how to be and something what what do you think was the most important thing i guess you learned from him um that that helped you maybe become who you are today
1: I think what I learned from my, my, my from my my father my um James is that it's to just be your own man um you know be the provider um uh just be there for people when you need them um be humble um and um uh, just 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 be an all-around good person.
0: Awesome, awesome man. So um, so I know you kind of broke down saying that you, you how you started the podcast was uh, almost maybe a homage to hammer seeing about dads and stuff. Now, as I'm kind of understanding, getting to know you, um, do you feel that, you know, this was also kind of a way of looking for the perfect dad for yourself and seeing all things out there for the thing that you lacked or you were looking for in your life?
1: I think it was more helping me with my my mental health. Mm-hmm. It was a coping mechanism, where using this platform to just work on myself, but also use this platform to help other people too, you know, give them a place where they can talk and become vulnerable. So it it, it had to be more, it has to have to be more just a way to just work on my mental health. So I, this mm-hmm. podcast, have, honestly, has also saved my life too.
0: I agree with you. I think it's it's just too that um, uh, feeling very alone uh, in those situations. And, and and I wanted like I wanted to be a dad. You know, that was one of my biggest goals in my life. I wanted to be a dad. I wanted to be a stay at home dad because I wanted to be there for my kids twenty four seven. But what also on the I guess a downside of that is that the majority of my day, you know. I'm, I'm talking to toddlers or people that are younger than me, you know what I mean, and having that conversation and not really mm-hmm. um, being able to vent or speak with somebody, you know, at my own age and going through the same problems and trying to understand um, what was going on. So this also is is truly, and, and just like you said, is a sense of therapy for myself, being able to vocalize. And a lot of times too, having conversations with these guys make me realize things about my own past and things that I wanna change or develop or making things click that happened to me before that i'm able to deal with now in a more mature and a healthier manner um so it is very important like you said to, to my own mental health as well so i think it, it's you know we, we connect on that same level saying that you know i mean we've got a lot going on this is a great way to kind of vent and, and really deal with a lot of past traumas yeah. and issues that kind of plagued us um so, uh, you know, again, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. I got two last questions as we wind yeah, down go. here for us. so So uh, number one, right, and everything that you've been through in your whole life, what do you think has been the best advice you've ever received?
1: Uh, the best advice I've received is it's okay to say no, and it's okay to be selfish, because selfish is self-care.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people misunderstand that. And I would think it was one of that, too, is that I, I hated getting, I hated talking positive about myself um, or taking time for me because it was that it made me feel like I was being selfish or I was being arrogant and conceited. And I didn't really understand how to separate or really understand that um, until I got older and so trying to say, you know what I mean? Because people will tell you that you're arrogant or you're, you know, conceiting all those things, but not because of what the fact is, is because you know they don't like what they see you know what i mean like or they don't agree with your mentality so they got to bring you down in one shape or form i mean you got to be stronger than that you know Mm -hmm. and and understand because the people who see you as being confident will gravitate towards you and they'll let you know that you know you just got to be wary of the snakes in the grass like they say right
1: so
0: so lastly as we're coming my last question You is look again you know with all your experience and everything that you've been through and everything what is the one piece of advice you would give the younger generation of people coming up behind us?
1: I would say, um, listen to the elders, um, number two, um, take the time and just, um, learn as much as you can, you know, you know, that's the one thing is that in this today's society and social media and internet information is there. Right, just take right. the time, learn as much as you want, um, figure out like what you want to be, um, and then also, you know, whatever information you get now, pass it on to the next generation too. You know, because we live in this age where, you know, everybody's about just chasing the bag, chasing the bag. You know, mm-hmm. you know, making the money. You, it, it, and don't get me wrong, making money is important, but also too, it's about what are you doing to help the next generation behind behind us. You know, what are what legacy are you leaving behind them? And so those are the kind of what things I would like advice I would give to the, to the, to the next generation.
0: Uh, awesome. And awesome. Great advice there, you know, and again, thank you for, for creating your wonderful podcast, and doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. so important too to, for us dads too, to know that we're also appreciated because again, sometimes, you know, we, it's the unsung heroes, you know, mm-hmm. like they say, you know, dad does all these things, but they don't really ask what dad is going through or how dad feels sometimes. Um, so it's, it's very important that we shine that light on that and really, you know, give us dads and us men of color too a uh, chance to understand like, well, I'm trying to hear the importance of what it is to be a dad, the important and the impact that you leave on your kid's life, whether you know it or not. And again, it's not a matter of being the perfect dad it's just a matter of being present and being conscious, you know, and that goes a long, long way more than people would ever understand. So again, thank you so much for your time. And again, everybody, thank you for listening. As I always say, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, your big brother loves you. Stay blessed, everybody.